my aim tonight is to communicate to you that everybody has longings. Is that right, Peter? My, is that better? Sorry. Everybody has longings, some good, some bad. I think Tim said quite a lot of my preach, so I've got to, sorry, apologize about repeating whatever he said that I've already said. It's good to know God's on it anyway. Um, and our longings become his longings, um, and he's got our best interests at heart, hasn't he? <laughs> when we submit to him, So we're going to explore David's model of coping in the midst of real-life pressures um, and touch on some of the challenges that we have to pursue that model. It's biblical to pursue peace, which suggests that we don't always possess it and that 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 is okay, but there is some chasing to do in order to have it, right? So we don't always possess peace, that's okay, but we need to pursue it. So this context, the context of this psalm is that it was written for the sons of Korah in spite of rebellious parents and ancestry. Um, They were swallowed up in an earthquake, in fact, at Moses' declaration of God's judgment on them. So they were naughty. Um, They won favor with God, the sons of Korah did, and God had a favorable plan for them. In Numbers 26, they were spared and a group of Korahites joined King David in various exploits to win the reputation of expert warriors. Anybody want to become an expert warrior this evening? (sighs) Well, that's great. One person wants to become an expert warrior this evening. I want to become an expert warrior, so there's now two of us, two in agreement anymore. Great. Feeling like I'm in an auction here. Um, So, it's good to listen, therefore, to what David has to say to his fellow army by way of a song. The complexities of what goes on in my mind and heart and ours, I believe, can be overwhelming at times, can't they? If you are denying that this is a reality for you, I think you've got a very short-term memory. Um, Or you're coping and just, which is great, but just be aware that if it's without the word, if it's without the spirit, if it's without worship and prayer, then that will come and bite you on the bum at some point. That coping mechanism without him doesn't work. And it's usually in the tough times that uh, that shows. So here David is in need of God to touch him in his soul. That is his mind, his will, his emotion, and he's struggling with life's pressures. They are very real. Um, He's not just asking for a drop, is he? But he's likening himself to a panting deer. This is a deer who has just had a fight and is now in flight probably and is now really thirsty for a stream, not just a dew drop on a bit of grass. So I'm going to call him Desperate Dave for the record, okay? Um, Short-term, immediate longings that a lot of us have, um, exercise, wine, coffee, TV, chocolate, good book, all in themselves, absolutely fine. But we're also told in 1 Corinthians 6 and 10, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. We'll explore that a bit later. Sounds a bit confusing and contradictory. Long-term longings, examples, might want a baby, might want the kids to leave home um, without us um, and not come back quickly and for us to have to do that again. Um, We might want a holiday, we might want a more fulfilling job, um, we might want a spouse, we might want some peace and quiet 
espouse. So there are opposites here going on. Anyway, um, but we are also told that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And maybe he's going to make our hearts well tonight in areas that we need him to come and do that. And it's encouraging that as we give the Lord's permission to be who he is, that he will shape our desires, he makes our path of pursuit straight, so that he can replace unhealthy longings with healthy ones and reshape our dependency back on him. Um, And while still holding on to what we need to hold on to by way of a longing and waiting well. It's waiting well. That's the key. Um, So I'm going to caution against defining unhealthy longings because actually it's not my job to do that. Um, The key is to have God show you where you're weak. And I think that he can do that quite quite well on his own without me (laughs) pinpointing stuff for you. But it's good sometimes to ask ourselves some questions. And it can be like doing a litmus test, um, a spiritual health check sometimes. So stuff like with the short-term things, is it controlling me or am I controlling it? How and when I don't get my fix? How am I when I don't get my fix? Um, And is the amount that I'm coping with helping or harming any bits of me? with the long-term stuff? Is it the object and subject of my waking and sometimes what should be my sleeping moments? Am I constantly visiting the topic in conversation with others and myself? I talk to myself. (laughs) I'm sure you do as well. I hope you do. Um, Can I visit these issues successfully with others and myself, which result in a positive outcome within a boundary time? Okay. Or can't I? So basically, we're asking, is this, has this become the object of my worship? <laughs> Which isn't a great place to be. Um, I don't know what's going on for you. I don't know what is healthy or unhealthy. But I'm praying that as I that God would be forming ideas around these points that will help you take the reins where you need to take the reins in order to feel at the head and not at the tail of your situation so you're in control of it, not in control of you. And don't be afraid to ask, uh, to ask God in, to do the heart longing in the presence of the Spirit because he can bring up stuff in a moment now. Uh, he might do it in dreams. He might do it in the life around you, in symbolism. He might speak um, through other counsel through believers counsel um, and allow him the level of control that, that he wants and then he can do the heart surgery he can do the heart inspiration and he can do the heart change I'm going to talk on three T's just because it came to mind it's not exhaustive it's just something funny and silly that I thought up as I was writing so this is a variation on Psalm 139 as you know I think Psalm 139 talks about God knowing our innermost parts and how wonderful God is. So this is it. Oh, my tablet, laptop, pod, pad, phone, Kindle Fire. You have made searches for me and you know a lot of things. You know when I lie and turn you off and you know when I rise and I switch you on. You perceive my thoughts from afar and you are familiar with all of my ways. Before the words are on my tongue, it feels like Siri knows them completely. Where can I go from you or flee from you? When I go to the toilet, you are there with me. If I make my bed in the morning, I am thinking about whether you are on yet. If I settle on the far side of the sea on holiday, even there your hand guides me through Google Maps. 
Even the dark is not dark to you because you are a torch as well as a flickering candle. Your intricate engineering parts, who can fathom? Each day is dictated for me from your diary entries before one of them comes to pass. How precious to me are your ways, O tablet. So if you can identify with that and you spend time on these things, and most of us do, I would say use it. Use technology. Balance your worship, or in my case, frustration of these tablets, so that it isn't a hindrance, but it's a help to you. So use, um, use screen time and balance it with FaceTime. I used to think it was me, but actually um, God is really into face-to-face -face stuff. You know, He's made us like that for a relationship. Numbers 12, 7 and 8, God spoke to Moses face-to-face -face in person. Hebrew is mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, suggesting that there's some contact, eye contact, face contact going on here. There's something about direct intimacy overflowing first from our time with him to one another that we were made for. We're made for more than the virtual. Balance work on it with rest on it. Balance words on it with the word. Balance words with pictures of his creation. See David's reference to the roar of your waterfalls. I know Tim said this before. Deep calls to deep. He'd spent time looking at creation to get to that point where he was pouring out his heart to God. Deep calls to deep. It means my spirit is calling to your spirit. Um, by way of a roar that's going on, it might be him roaring out in petition or declaration of God's word, or it might be God roaring his truth over him. He's the lion after all. If you are too long sitting at technology, then do something moving that's technical if you're really into technical things. Exercise machines, rowing machines, etc. They really are proven to give you a high in your head and to stop the downcastness of the soul. But Desperate Dave had had a bit of running around because he was in an army. So there must be something that, that is lacking for him to need to call out to God. So let's persevere with this spiritual um, trek. Time. Um, I was going to read a variation on Psalm 23, but I've forgotten the book that it's in. <laughs> it's really good, and it's anonymous, and maybe I'll read it to you sometime, but it's not with me tonight, so I'm sorry about that. But basically, what it's saying is that that time can be something that ties us down. Time can be something that we live by. We live by the clock constantly. We're always counting to the minute, to the second, when we've got to be on the next thing. Um, and it anoints our head with migraines. <laughs> you know, the stresses and the strains of the day anoint our head with migraines. Um, and actually, um, the oil of gladness is far better. Do you know, in Lidl, they've got this till, um, the till workers have this, oppressive um, limit that they have, um, sorry, target that they have to get to. They have to get X people past their till in Y minutes. And it is absolutely ridiculous. I cannot remember the statistics, but I remember standing there thinking, that's why I feel really stressed when I'm at little. <laughs> so I said to the guy, do you know what? It's much better for me if you don't live by that. But he says he gets into trouble if he doesn't. Anyway, um, sometimes it can be our internal um, time um, uh, pursuit, our internal um, deadlines can be even harsher than others. Students, you know, if you're independent learners, it's not so much the boss on your back, it's your own 
stuff that you're trying to trying to get done in time and trying to get done well. Um, so I'm saying carve out and write in blood, if necessary, in the diary sometime with Jesus. Change the schedule to be in sync with your own heart. Slow down. A bit like we did during the worship, we stopped. And in those times, um, make them times of articulation of emotion. It takes time to do that. Rescheduling, reviewing our long and short-term longings and goals takes time. Another time absorber isn't so much the prayers on all occasions that Paul talks about, but we're also required, if we're healthy worshippers, to be people of meditation. And that means to dialogue with God, to let words really sink in, to grapple with your questions to him regarding stuff you experience and stuff you read in his word at a relational level. This psalm is absolutely emotionally loaded. If you look at it, I can't actually read the Bible that's in front of me because I'm too old. Um, But I've thankfully written some notes here. See how things change. So Desperate Dave has tears for food day and night. And, And then later, day and night, he's saying, the Lord directs his love in the day and his song is with me at night. And then he finds himself remembering good things. And then again, he's questioning himself. Why are you so sad? He's then challenging himself, hoping God, who he states is his rock. So there's this kind of through the the psalm. So I want you to know that that's okay, and that's good and healthy and normal. Um, In the presence of the Spirit, the word is not death, dead, left brain, logical study. Um, these times need to be healthy, study mixed and mingled with the person of Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit. And they mean that you digest, you process, you might murmur, you might babble, you might cry, you might speak in tongues, you might mourn, you might sing, you might roar in declaration over your life. I've had times where I've been going for it recently because stuff has been so precious. I'm like, no, I know the truth and the truth will set me free. And I've had to just yell it almost to the principalities and powers and in my situation and take authority that needs to be taken in an area where there's huge pressure. Listening to your nighttime dreams, not just daytime dreams, dreaming about aspirations, not that those are bad. He counsels you at night So be prepared to be interrupted if that's how you've invited him to have his way in your life. The Lord's plans in your heart will prevail and this will either manifest itself with frustrations, with existing schedules that you find yourself in because you're in the wrong place at the wrong time or it will have a positive joy, peace manifestation because you're doing the right things and responding to his call on you. So let him in and carve out time to save time in the future. Third T, you'll be glad to know, trouble. For David and his army, the bones that suffered mortal agony here were probably really hard hits from the enemy and taunts and mocks from the opposing army. For us, sometimes it can be verbal mocking. You're mad! Ha ha, you think I'm a lost sheep? You're a happy clapper! Where's your God now? You're going to pray for me then? 
I've had all of that and more. Sometimes we just feel it in our heads. It's that voice banging on, grinding us down. It's the enemy. Pressures might come from many avenues that are on you. Maybe not right now, but I'm just preparing you. And I find in a day even, I can just, I can just feel it from, from just trying to get from A to B. Family life, managing house, the building aspects of houses. Oh, my gosh. Finances, planning ahead from something as immediate as childcare to as big as a holiday. Um, somehow those, those things can be high pressure at times. So how much more do we need God's spirit when we hit the bigger troubles, the unexpected pressure, the relationship breakdown, the bereavement, the job unpredictability, change, moving, new baby, marriage, job. So we long for less trouble, unless we're really sick in the head, I think, don't we? We long for less trouble. Most of us, um, the challenge is for us to remember, uh, remind ourselves that God's not a sadist. He is in the area of challenging us in troubled times and doing a good thing through it. And that declaration that he really is working all things for our good is our challenge, isn't it? David calls to mind the faithfulness, the close times of God, verse 6. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember. Therefore I will remember. So there's a determination there and there's a tenacity there in trouble. So he cites the Jordan and the heights of Mount Mizar to help him to remember God is nice. These testing times are make or break defining moments. Um, they could be anything as dramatic as someone suddenly dropping dead, to having a tough person in your face, or a difficult child to deal with. Um, sometimes those are the same thing at times, it feels. Be tenacious about it. Fight for God's best for yourself in prayer. God, keep my heart soft in this. God, show me and teach me whatever you want to teach me in this. He's only going to take you through another time to teach you the lesson anyway, so you may as well like give in. <laughs> That's my opinion. And, so, and guard your heart. Guard your heart because you'll be prone to the enemy's attacks. Guard your heart from anger and bitterness. Look for God's lessons, not the enemy's vices. I want to say something really key here. Bruised reeds, he will not break. He will not break a bruised reed, will he? Keep pursuing peace in it. Bruised reeds, the enemy will try and seduce with antidotes which are usually the opposite of what we're finding challenging. Bruised reeds, he will not break. Bruised reeds, the enemy will try and seduce. Somewhere in the middle is God's plan. It kind of looks like and feels like the battle is over and we still feel reasonably holy in our personal life and our goals and manner at the end of it all. And we've stepped through each painful aspect with him, in him, with the flock of our um, more enthusiastic, passionate brothers and sisters. I'm not talking about the religious ones. You know what I mean when I say that? Yeah? The ones that go, it's a sin to have a hard time. It isn't a sin to have a hard time, just for the record. 
Um, I just want to give a personal testimony, which leaves me a little bit vulnerable, but I think I feel safe enough to do that. So when my brother dropped dead, literally, very uh, unexpectedly, I started um, having the odd gin and tonic around 3.30 in the afternoon. It was a pressure point that time of day. It was when the kids came home from school. Everything used to kick off. I was tired. Tim wasn't home yet. And I thought, oh, sunny weather, gin and tonic, you know. A um, couple of weeks down the line, I noticed that actually the gin and tonic wasn't because I liked gin and tonic anymore. It was because I thought I needed a gin and tonic. And I thought, oh, hang on a minute, I don't like this. So I decided that I was going to stop doing that for a bit. I was going through my grief time. Um, and a friend who was bitter at the school gate, she was a divorcee, she was very bitter. She said, how was I doing? You know, she was really in on the whole death thing and bereavement thing. And I said, well, I just feel like I want to get drunk, to be honest. I wasn't having the gin tonic at the time. Do you know, she, she said to me, why don't you just do it then? Why don't you just do it? That's probably what you need right now. And that's how the enemy works, isn't it? He kind of seduces you. So with her comfort and counsel and friendship, he was kind of saying, go on, why don't you just do it? I decided not to do it. Something inside me just said, no, actually, I'm going to go for something deeper. So I journeyed this extremely painful process of loss with Jesus at the point the spirit that is better than gin shows up with a prophetic picture in the chip shop um, and then straight after that on the same day I have a prophetic word saying exactly the same thing from my daughter Ellie um, and this in this season, gin was not beneficial to me, okay? It was permissible, but it wasn't beneficial. So I chose to stop it, and then using the friend, the enemy seduced me. I said no, and then I learned quite a lot through that experience. I learned that... Um, the prophetic is a matter of life and death to people who are broken, and they really need it. I learned it's essential. I learned that his spirit gives the hope of heaven in the midst of death. And I learned that his spirit is stronger than anything that I thought I might need. And this had a long-term life-giving effect on me. So it's not a sin to have a hard time. It's important to remember that so we don't beat ourselves up when we're struggling and to be real and tenacious with him when we are. Because the only way he'd like to just kick you whilst you're down and say you're a rubbish Christian. And actually, that's him stealing God's plan because he's got some precious, um, what's the word, treasures in the darkness, really. Moses had self-confidence crisis when he initially got given a job by God um, of co confronting Pharaoh and he learned how to be interdependent on Aaron and he learned that God equips those whom he calls. Elijah got freaked out. He learned God is powerful in the quiet as well as loud voice that God brings. He learnt that God sees you even when you're hiding and he cannot leave you in the timid place of a cave when what you're facing is extremely scary. He subsequently learnt that it would be alright on the night when Jezebel got hers. And I'm sure in heaven that we'll learn a whole lot more about what they learnt. 
And I'm sure, too, that a lot of you can run several renditions for each other of those times in the furnace, those lessons that you learned that you can pass on and cheer each other on with and encourage each other in the faith. So if you haven't got any questions in Life Hub, there's one. <laughs> you could go for the evening doing that, couldn't you? Um, I'm going to conclude with a testimony, uh, which hopefully ties up the three T's, I think. So I went to uh, see my sister-in-law a couple of months ago when we visited them in Torquay. Um, and as we looked, walked along the beach in Torquay, she was just sharing a story of how um, God met with her in a really dark time. Her and Rob, her husband, hadn't, had, hadn't long been married, um, and they were told that they couldn't have kids because the fibroids on her scan were so huge. They were just massive. And they said, there's no way. Um, I don't know what that must have felt like, actually, because I've never been told that I can't have a baby. Um, but I imagine it's like being knocked sideways when you just assume that, that, and this is your vision, this is your longing, and you just think, what? Where is this from? Um, anyway, through technology, my, my sister-in-law, Pam, she was on the God Channel. Um, there was a preacher. He was appealing for... Um, people to to come and receive a healing from God in faith. Um, now, yeah, we've all had interesting experiences with the God Channel. It's not all great. But on this occasion, she felt that she wanted to receive healing from God, and she really believed God wanted to heal her. So she comes out of the house after this experience with the television, and she's going, Hi, Rob, Rob, home from work in the suit. I've just received my healing from God. You know, I don't quite know what the conversation was between her and Rob after his day at work as she came out into the garden to greet him with that. But um, I do know that she did have a baby and um, she went to church actually to follow up and to get some healing prayer and she did have a baby and Paul is now strapping 20-something who is um, doing his second degree in Nottingham. Naturally, Pam wanted another child. So she's going for the kill now, okay? She, she, she's wanting a second one. So she has a, a second scan. And they're saying, Pam, seriously, Mrs. B, there is no way. The fibroids now are worse than they were the first time. Can you imagine the discouragement after that? And the confusion. Well, they live in Torquay, so Pam took time out. And she went walking on the beach and she said, I could see, I could see the power of his waves. And I remember saying, if God made this, why can't he give me another baby? Surely he can do anything. I think, gosh, what a face, what a face. So she went back to the professionals and she said, but we're Christians and through prayer we had a baby. Um, and you said we couldn't first time round. So I think that if we pray, he can do it again. So they said, well, if you could pray and we do the laser, then the two of us can maybe come up, maybe come up with a result, maybe. Well, she ended up having baby number two, and she hadn't had the laser because they couldn't fit the, the appointment in in time. And he's, he's, we went to see him, didn't we? Our Dan, he's, he's taller than I am. <laughs> he's real, is what I'm trying to say. This is a true story. So she took time out. She used technology. She persevered in trouble. And she had to with her creator, with her father. 
and with her Jesus. And so I hope that her example and that testimony has helped raise your faith, if nothing else, and just inspire you to just keep going with him. And I'm really sorry I didn't bring that Psalm 23, because it's so funny. (laughs) It just depicts how we are sometimes when we're tied to the diary, and it just um, brings us down. And what we really need is to carve out time, which seems like the most difficult thing to do at the time, but we're saving time ultimately. Um, I just uh, think it would be good to have the worship band up doing the first song again, actually. Is that all right? The first one. Um, and I think if we just... How are we for time now? <laughs> okay. We've got some good time, actually, to just um, allow him to speak. So to just say, Lord, just take control, just have your way in me and speak to me. Many, I don't know where you're at in terms of what you're comfortable with, how his spirit comes, but be open to new things and the way that he might want to speak. And just allow him to put his finger on things. Um, if not tonight, then, you know, in the week, whatever. Just to Allow him to be Lord and to shape those desires, the immediate things that you depend on to get through from day to day, and the stuff that is more long-term that might hello, let's come back again. Might be burdening you and stuff like that, but just have some some time now with him. And um, yeah, I think if anybody would like some prayer, we could do that over here because sometimes the counsel of of others believers is is really helpful and to just go through some stuff if you need to okay thank you